Welcome to Coffee and Jesus. I'm your host, Jael Penn, coming to you from the great state of Texas in my new place in Missouri City. I'm excited to christen this time with you guys in this new setting. And we're going to start off with a really deep subject, (laughs) the rapture. Those of you who are not uh, Christians, who don't go to church, who don't know a lot about the Bible, I'm going to attempt to explain this to you to the best of my ability. Um, It's a very confusing topic for many theologians, myself included, and I'm still studying, still learning. The Lord is still teaching me things. There are many Christians who believe that the second coming of Jesus Christ will occur in, in two parts. First, he's supposed to come for those of us who believe, who are saved, who who have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. Uh, The believers, both living and dead, will be caught up in this rapture. And that is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Now, this particular view of the rapture is considered to be the transformation where all Christians are caught up, dead or alive, to meet Christ in the air. Nobody knows when this is going to happen. We don't know when uh, the Lord is coming back. Now, when this happens, of course, that means a whole lot of people will no longer be on the earth. And so after this, uh, the second thing that's supposed to happen is that after a period of seven years of tribulation, just really, really bad times here on the earth, Jesus is going to return to the earth with his church, which are all the saints who were raptured. And he will be victorious over Satan and his enemies. And he's going to reign over the earth for a millennium, which is a thousand years with the saints and his church. Uh, The references for this are Matthew 2430. Revelations 1.7, 1 Peter 1.13, and 2 Thessalonians 1.7. So I myself am of the pre-tribulation group. There are people who believe in the tree-prib rapture, um, post-trib rapture, and mid-trib rapture. So I'm going to try to explain to you why I um, believe in the pre-trib rapture. Well, first of all, in Revelations chapters 1 through 3, those particular chapters continually refer to the church. And then all of a sudden in chapter 4 of Revelation, the church is not talked about anymore until the end of Revelations in chapter 22. So to me, that is evidence that something happened and the church, you and I, went away. So that's one thing that we can um, kind of consider or you can consider in your own studies. And guys, uh, ladies, don't take my word for it. You search the scriptures yourself. You go to Bible study classes and you try to understand this just like I'm trying to understand this. Now, another reason why I believe in the pre-trib is because we are promised as believers to be delivered from the wrath of God. And so if we're believing in the pre-trib philosophy, then that means we're not in that seven years of, um, excuse my expression, hell. Uh, Revelations 3.10, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, 1 Thessalonians 5.9 all allude to the fact that we are promised to be delivered from the wrath of God. The 
last seven years that Daniel prophesied in chapter 9 of his book focused on the Jewish people. So the tribulation time sounds like to me, and again, I could be wrong, that the, that time is going to be a time for the Jewish people to come around and understand that Jesus really is who he said he was and is and give them a chance to be saved. And we have many, many examples in the Bible where before God poured out his wrath on his people, he would remove certain people out of the way so that they wouldn't get caught up in his wrath. For example, um, Enoch was removed, Elijah was removed, Rahab was removed. So God has a pattern of removing people who are for him before he takes out his wrath on the people who are not. Okay, you guys with me? I know it's kind of deep, especially for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm enjoying learning all this stuff. And I hope that you will too. Now, Revelations is just really an enigma to me. It's so difficult for me to understand and a lot of what we think of as terms of pre-trib and rapture and all that stuff occurs in the book of revelation so I, I encourage you to get a concordance and a commentary and go to a class with someone much more knowledgeable than myself to learn about all of this stuff now in the old testament Two different pictures were painted of Christ. One was one of suffering in Isaiah, and the other was of Jesus reigning as king. And as we look back on these scriptures, we can see that the Old Testament prophets predicted two separate comings of the Messiah. The first coming as a suffering Messiah, and the second coming in the future as a reigning king. And so in the New Testament, we have another picture added. We have the picture of Jesus coming at two separate events uh, that we call the rapture and the second coming. And to this day, nobody knows when the Lord is going to come back. And anybody who tells you that they do know they're lying. They are a heretic. They are a false prophet. And you need to run. Okay? Because nobody knows the bible is very clear on that do y'all remember when it was about to be the year 2000 and everybody was like oh my gosh jesus is coming back and you know time is going to reverse the clocks won't work the computers won't work and all these prophets were predicting that jesus was coming back well he did it and they couldn't predict that because again nobody can Nobody can. Now, Revelations 4.1 talks about how that the door in heaven is opened to let John into heaven. And we believe John's call into heaven is prophetic of the church being caught up at the rapture. And then in Revelations 19.11, heaven is opened again, this time to let the armies, which are already in heaven, out. This is the church which has been raptured at a previous time, following Jesus out of heaven at the second coming. You know, y'all, the Bible is just, it's fascinating. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes it's super confusing to me, and sometimes it's just crystal, crystal clear. And I love how the Old Testament 
is a precursor to what happens in the New Testament, which is a precursor to what is happening for us today. Now, after John is called up into heaven, he sees uh, 24 elders with their crowns in Revelation chapter 4, and we know that Christians will receive their crowns at the rapture, which is foretold in 2 Timothy 4.8 and 1 Peter 5.4. We will be um, at the resurrection of the righteous, and the elders could not have received their crown unless the resurrection or rapture has taken place. Now, there are many of our brothers and sisters who are already in heaven with Jesus, and we know that. Uh, the armies in heaven, clothed in linen, followed Jesus out of heaven at his second coming. And that is foretold in Colossians 3, Zechariah 14, and Revelations uh, 19. Now, we know these are not angels because Revelations 19.8 tells us that the linen is the righteousness of the saints. In order for us to come out of heaven, we would have had to have first gone into heaven, which would indicate a, uh, a previous uh, rapture. Okay. Whew, I know this is deep, y'all. I know. It's, uh, you know, it's really deep for a Wednesday night. <laughs> but this is what I was led to share with you today. And so I am just being obedient to the Holy Spirit. Now, in studying this, there was something I came across that I had never heard before. I don't know how I didn't get this, but I remember being told um, as a young adult, as a child in church, that the Lord would not come back until the gospel had been shared with every corner of the earth. Like everybody had had a chance to hear the gospel and then he would return. So all this time I've been thinking, you know, we've got to get through every nook and cranny, every jungle, yada, yada, yada. But then today in the midst of studying, I came across that there's actually, okay, where did I put my notes? You know what, devil, you're not going to bother me today. Okay, that there's actually a gospel angel and that all of humanity will hear the gospel through this gospel angel. Now, let me go to Revelations 14.6 and explain to you what I'm talking about. Let me find that. Come on, Holy Spirit. Then I witnessed another angel flying in the sky, carrying a message of eternal good news to announce to the earth, to every tribe, language, people, and nation. With a loud voice, he shouted, you must revere God and glorify him, for the time has come for him to judge. Worship at the feet of the creator of heaven, earth, sea, and the springs of water. This, then a second angel followed, declaring, She fell, she fell, Babylon the greatest fallen. She once seduced the nations and made them all drink the wine of the passion of harlotry. And so we see there that there's some proclamation coming where an angel is spreading the good news to every tribe, language, people, and nation. How cool is that? I, I don't know about you, but that excites me. That's that's pretty awesome because I was always confused about how we would get 
to everyone. And it's not just on us. We've got some help with that, okay? Which is pretty cool. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17 says that the righteous are taken and the wicked are left behind. And Matthew 13, 30 uh, says that the wicked are taken first and the righteous are left behind. These verses point to two separate events, the rapture and the second coming. So again, um, I am a pre-trib person and, you know, I'm still trying to make sense of this just like everybody else. Uh, Luke 12, 36 talks about Jesus returning to the earth at the second coming and he will return from from a wedding at the rapture jesus is married to his bride that's us the church and after the wedding he will return to earth okay and then the last uh, verse i'm going to leave with you today john 14 verses 2 through 3 jesus said he would prepare a place for the church in heaven and then he would come again to receive us to himself why would Jesus prepare a place for us in heaven, but then not take us there? That makes no sense, right? And, with, and as we know, God is ultra-indulgent. At the rapture, he will come to receive us to himself, that where I am in heaven, there you will be also. So, therefore, if the rapture occurred at the same time as the second coming, then we would go up into the clouds and then immediately come back to earth. And that would contradict John 14, 2 and 3. So I'm going to leave you with that and let you guys argue. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, not argue, but have some dogmatic eschatological discussion over the rapture and whether it's pre-trib or post-trib and what all of this means. And like I said, I don't have all the answers, y'all. Um, I just want to give you some food for thought because these are things that we should be thinking about. These are things that we should be concerned about. The signs are here and the time is near. And on that note, I will leave you. Be blessed. <music>